taking a look at the Washington Commanders preseason and what we want to see continue into the regular season, but also what we want to see improved. That and more on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome, Commanders fans, to this episode of Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you so much for making Locked On Commanders your first listen or view of the day every day. Don't forget that you can subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. I'm your host, David Harrison, at DHarrison82 on Twitter, credential member of the media covering your Washington Commanders for Sports Illustrated's CommanderCountry.com, uh, a part of Sports Illustrated's fan nation. Of course, if you want to continue this conversation with me after the show, just do so by going to joinsubtext.com slash commanders. Get your first two weeks for free. You can text me directly, and when I respond, it will come straight to your cell phone. No sifting through timelines or filtering through hashtags. Everything that you say to me comes directly to me. Everything I say to you goes directly to you. Of course, I appreciate all the subtexters that have been coming through during training camp, preseason practices. Guys, the real thing is right around the corner, and we are going to get it started. I'm looking forward to that incredibly here with you five days a week in the meantime sometimes six days a week sometimes it feels like seven days a week i don't know we just do the shows as we need to and as we have things to talk about but by and large monday through friday on today's episode of locked on commanders we're going to hear from some commanders players and coach ron rivera and we'll discuss two bubble players making strong push to make the in initial active 53-man roster in today's episode of locked on commanders is brought to you by game time download the game time app create an account and use the promo code locked on nfl to get $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. So we're going to start today's episode by talking about the preseason that was and what we want to keep seeing heading into the regular season and what we also want to see improved upon. And I know that some Commanders fans have already touched on what we want to keep seeing. So that's good because it means that a lot of us are on the same page. In our preseason AAR, we're going to dive into some of the things that we saw this preseason between now and the first game of the year. But today... We're going to we're going to isolate two specific ideas. So as we get through the rest of this week and then into our first game week, we'll certainly dive into more of what the commanders did this preseason, uh, the good and some of the bad things that we want to see improved upon. But we're going to pick one of each one sustain one improve. That is the AAR format uh, here on Locked on Commander. So the sustain, the thing that we want to see from the preseason carry over into the regular season is the quarterback play. And I'm talking all three levels. And I know Jacoby Brissett hasn't been the cleanest quarterback, you know, of, of the bunch necessarily. I think Jake Fromm has outperformed him really in the last two games uh, specifically and, and arguably for the entire preseason. But I think by and large, if you look at the Washington Commanders quarterback play from Sam Howell to Jacoby to Jake, uh, you have to be kind of happy with what you've seen here in this preseason. And it's not just the quarterback play. It's the scheme. It's the play calling. It's the play designs that these quarterbacks are executing that are helping them stay clean look sharp uh, and keep the ball moving. And I think that the, the marriage between the quarterbacks and the offensive scheme is going really, really well so far here in the early going. So for the entire preseason, three games for the Washington Commanders quarterback, 69.3 completion rate, again, against uh, or across all three quarterbacks uh, is a fairly good, I think you want it to be at or above 70 if you can get there, but right at the 70% mark uh, is certainly an acceptable rate. 745 yards passing, that equates to 248 yards per game when was the last time you saw the washington commanders throw for 248 yards per game and it didn't look like it took a gigantic effort or a blowout loss to get those 248 yards we're actually talking about wins 
where the Washington Commanders are trying to burn the clock at the end of the game, uh, and they're still getting you know close to 250 yards passing per game, 6.6 yards per attempt. So you're staying ahead of the sticks. You're staying ahead of schedule, uh, which is where you always want to be. Seven touchdowns thrown this preseason by Commanders quarterbacks compared to three interceptions, two of those coming from Jacoby Brissett, one of them coming from Jake Fromm, none of them coming from Sam Howell. Granted, he only played two games, but the bottom line is you have a first-year starting quarterback throwing two or throwing no interceptions in two games uh, is always a good thing to see. So much as those quarterbacks deserve credit, Sam Howell deserves credit, Jacoby, Jake, they all deserve credit for going out there and executing. And EB, Ron Rivera certainly uh, would give all three of those guys their flowers for having a solid quarterback room preseason. The scheme and the play calling do also deserve some credit. And I've actually got some numbers that I'm, I'm going to, I'm trying to sort through here uh, as we get through the, the weekend and everything, I'm going to bring them to you once I can package them nicely for you and kind of apply some context to them about some of the play calling trends that we've seen from Eric Bieniemy, And, you know, of just like everything, right. Where do we want to keep seeing those trends continue forward? Where do we want to see the trends maybe change a little bit? We'll talk about that as we get deeper into the season. And it's important to remember that we, even when we talk about these trends from play calling standpoints on that uh, this is preseason, right? We're not seeing everything. We're not seeing most things. So some of the things that we want to see change will actually end up changing because Eric Bianami will continue to open up the playbook uh, as the offense continues to grow and to get uh, stronger. And, and some of the things that we've seen at training camp so far, when usually when the fans are not present, we haven't even seen them run some of these things that we've seen uh, during the preseason. So some of the stuff that we already know they're installing, are things that they're going to unveil as the regular season gets going as well. And that'll be peppered in there uh, as they see fit. And honestly, guys, I, I would, this is getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, right? But Arizona, Denver, and even Buffalo, I would not expect to see a whole lot of like really amazing. I think you're going to see some kind of like moments of spurts of like, oh, wow, that's different. Oh, wow, that's new. Oh, wow, that's exciting. But I don't think you're really going to see this offense completely start to unfold itself. Uh, as far as what it's going to be until Philadelphia that that week four, I think you want to save some things uh, for that uh, for that Philadelphia that NFC East division matchup if you can, especially going up against uh, the defending champion. So I really think that we've only seen I mean, we talk about scraping the surface of an offense. I don't know that we've even fully scraped the surface. Yet. I think we're just kind of starting to scratch the surface uh, of what this Washington offense is going to be. But so far, the scheme looks really sharp. Uh, it's really facilitating the quarterbacks being able to facilitate. Uh, themselves and the ball to their playmakers and doing it uh, smartly, effectively, uh, and you know three and zero. It's it's hard to argue uh, with the uh, with the results, right? So that's what we want to sustain from the preseason into the regular season. What do I? What would I like to see improved? The defensive front pass rush, right? I think this Washington defense is going to be really good by and large, but I think this defense is going to rely on the defensive front more than a lot of other teams, right? Like every other team, I mean, every team wants to get an organic pass rush with their down linemen. That's, you know, every defensive coordinator's dream. But I think this team, a little bit more than others. Now, I've talked about it before every day, as you remember, that I've seen Cody Barton blitzing more in practice than I'm used to seeing the off-ball linebackers blitz. Jamin Davis coming from the weak side uh, a lot of times, blitzing a little bit more uh, than I'm used to seeing him blitz as well. So I do think Jack Del Rio is going to try to work some DB blitzes, some linebacker blitzes into his scheme this season. But you still want to get that organic front going uh, as much as you can. You know, you've got four first round draft picks. So anytime you get John Allen, Deron Payne, Montez Sweat, uh, and even Chase Young going and getting, you know, being effective in the pass rush, you want to see that. Unfortunately, that's not a lot of what we saw during the preseason. Now, again, preseason grain of salt, right? Uh, starters starting defense played against Cleveland, didn't play against Baltimore, didn't play against Cincinnati. So we're seeing a lot of backups, a lot of depth. But the bottom line is those depth players, a lot of these backups, 
they're going to get rotated in. So you still want to see them getting home uh, and getting uh, some effective pass rushes going. Only three defensive linemen on the Washington Commanders roster finished the preseason with pass rush grades, according to Pro Football Focus, above 70. That's not good. You want you definitely want to see more of those guys. And then when you talk about the uh, guys getting pressures compared to the guys getting sacks, the leader in pressures this preseason, K.J. Henry. Uh, had nine pressures this preseason, led the entire team, and that's great. Unfortunately, K.J. Henry also had no sacks, and that's where this – the I don't want to say the problem, but that's where the, the need to improve comes in, right? Getting pressures is great. Getting sacks is better, and that's where you need to see these guys clean this up. Leader in sacks, on the other hand, James Smith-Williams and William Bradley King tied for the team lead in sacks for the preseason. Uh, they both had one, and they're the only ones, uh, again, according to PFF stat tracking. So, you know, you definitely want to see that pick up, and, and even from depth, guys, you need to see – uh, that get a little bit better. Now, Washington did face a bunch of mobile quarterbacks in the preseason, so that certainly uh, holds true to, to some of that. I mean, if they're facing Jake Fromm, maybe K.J. Henry, uh, just because Jake is not totally immobile, but not as mobile as some of the quarterbacks they saw, maybe K.J. Henry gets one or two of those pressures turning into sacks. We don't know because we don't live in that reality. But bottom line, whether it's learning how to face competition better, learning how to finish your pass rushes better, they're certainly getting pressures, just need to see those pressures turn into sacks, right? So the best pass rushers, uh, best, best pass rushing win percentages in the NFL last year tended uh, to come in above 20% or more. Only Casey Tuhill and Will Bradley King had more than one pass rush this preseason and had a 20% or better pass rush win rate. So again, that's something that you want to see improved, whether it's from the starters when they get back on the field or the backups as they come in for rotational pieces. But that's enough of the bad news. That's enough of the, the, the what we want to see get better. Let's get to some positive trends we saw in the Commanders preseason, starting with two bubble players that are making a strong case to be retained on the initial 53-man roster with my 53-man roster projection coming up tomorrow. That's coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode of Locked On Commanders is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy football and the best place for best ball. August is here, and you know what that means, the official start of fantasy football drafting month. Get championship ready for your home league by trying out best ball on Underdog fantasy all you do is one live snake draft no waivers no trades underdog sets your best lineup every week try it out with underdogs best ball mania tournament the largest fantasy football contest of all time is back and even bigger with 15 million dollars of total prizes up for grabs including an absurd three million dollars going to the winner last year the winner drafted their team in july so don't wait around get in on the action now visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store that's what I did. Sign up with the promo code locked on to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code locked on. This is going to bring a locked on commander's first listen or your first view of the day uh, today and every day and every day. I greatly appreciate you coming through on a daily basis like you do supporting the show. We're going to look at some bubble player performances from Saturday night. Two guys specifically who had great performances. Uh, that are certainly getting coaches and decision makers some pause before deciding whether to let them walk or try to land them on the practice squad. And we got to start with a guy that we kind of already talked about because in our sustain, we talked about the quarterbacks. We're talking about quarterback Jake Fromm. Honestly, obviously had a really good closeout to the preseason on Saturday night. And a lot of people, a lot of traction on um, people saying that Jake Fromm looked better, looked more comfortable, looked uh, smoother in his execution of the offense than even Jacoby Brissett did. And I think because of that, he is giving a real big case, or he's stated a very big case uh, for staying on this active roster, especially with the emergency quarterback rules coming into play this year where you don't have to have him on your active 46 for the game, but if you don't have him on your active 53 in general, 
he can't be used as uh, as as the emergency quarterback. So Jake Fromm Saturday night played 37 snaps. He went 13 for 18, which 72 percent, 144 yards through the air, two touchdowns and a QBR of 132.6. He had a pretty good game, you could say. Now, in the first half, he was two for five, 40 percent for 22 yards. Second half, 11 for 13, 85 percent completion rate in the second half. 122 yards and two touchdowns. His second incompletion came when the game was pretty much already won for the Washington Commanders. Anyway, uh, some numbers. I dove into some numbers like I've done before in other episodes. So here are some interesting numbers that I took away from his performance on Saturday night. Uh, twice he had to throw under pressure, which is good for the offensive line. That means they weren't putting Jake under pressure a lot during the entirety of the game. But twice he did have to throw under pressure. He completed both of those passes. So two for two under pressure for 53 yards that's that's a pretty good performance under pressure uh he did his best against a middle of the field closed defense right so in the defense middle of the field closed versus middle of the field open it kind of sounds it is kind of the way it sounds right if you've got defenders in the middle of the field then it's middle of the field closed if you if the middle of the field is open so more almost like a cover two but if the linebacker stays shallow or goes deep then you've got middle of the field open then uh that's that's what that is right so middle of the field closed uh, Jake Fromm performed uh, his best. So ideally, that means you've got the middle of the field has defenders in it, but you've also got more territory surrounded or uh, uh, eaten up by defenders, which means there's more gaps in between those defenders. Completed 70% of his passes against middle of the field closed defensive formations uh, for 88 yards. Versatility in his past success, though, I think is something that these coaches are really going to enjoy seeing when they look back on this tape, look back at these numbers. He had one touchdown coming outside the numbers, and he also had a touchdown going in the middle of the field. So this isn't a third-string quarterback that can only go to one side of the field or another one. He can threaten the defense uh, all across the field. Most of his passes did go to the middle of the field, but he also had four to the left and four to the right. So again, give Jake Fromm uh, opportunities in the middle of the field, he'll take them. Give him to the left, give him to the right, he'll take those uh, as well. That versatility as a quarterback, as a passer, as a distributor is something that teams hold very, very valuable. And he was really good under contextual pressure, so not necessarily pass rushers, but contextual pressure, four for five in third down situations or red zone throws. So when the game is kind of on the line, the moments that you need to win most as an offense, Jake Fromm stepping up uh, and performing. Uh, overall, the commanders were most successful on in-breaking routes. Uh, this is for the total game, not just Jake. This is Jake and Jacoby. They were most successful on in-breaking routes. 63% of their 16 in-breaking routes were uh, led successful plays for the offense and 8.3 yards per play on in-breaking routes with a 69% completion rate on those targeted routes. Of course, the most successful bubble receiver in the preseason finale, right, was the star of the game, Mitchell Tinsley, who came down with three catches on four targets uh, for 89 yards and a touchdown. Almost two touchdowns, but he gets the one touchdown. Bryson Tremaine ends up with a one-yard catch to clean up the second explosive play that he had and gets his touchdown. Uh, and he did all that on 28 snaps. He lined up on the strong side of the formation 24 of those 28 times. So obviously they like Mitchell on the strong side of the formation. And he lined up in the slot 11 times. So 11 times in the slot, 28 times in the strong side. Those are kind of condensed within each other, right? So sometimes it's in the slot on the strong side of the formation, uh, so on and so forth. In fact, his touchdown pass or catch rather came when he was aligned in the slot on the strong side of the formation. So obviously that's where he's doing most of his damage, at least on Saturday night. It was where he was doing most of his damage. His biggest non-scoring play of the game was the wheat was uh, the 37 yarder that got right down to the one yard line. Uh, he and he and on that play, he actually lined up on the weak side of the formation and outside. So for the most part, Mitchell Tinsley lining up strong side in the slot. That's where he did most of his damage. But on the second biggest play of the game from Mitchell Tinsley lined up on the weak side outside, uh, wasn't all the way outside on the perimeter, but he was outside, not in the slot. 
Uh, and he only did that three times in the entire game. So again, you'll talk about scheme versatility. Mitchell Tinsley showing that if you line him up in the slot a lot, which they did on the strong side of the formation, he can be effective for you. Bounce back with the hands after some struggles against the Baltimore Ravens. But he also showed this team that if you want him on the on the weak side of the formation and you want him outside, he can still be effective as a receiver. So showing that versatility, that ability to get open while lined up in multiple spots across the offensive formation is incredibly valuable uh, and something that those coaches are definitely, Bobby Ingram is definitely going to be pounding the table talking about that when he's he's trying to uh, rally for his guy uh, to make this this 53-man roster. Fromm and Tinsley have plenty to be proud of in their final performance of the preseason, but there are some bubble players who aren't going to be as happy coming out of week three, uh, unfortunately. And we'll talk about some of those tomorrow on my roster projection uh, that I will be dropping on Monday. So more to come on that. But for now, we're going to put a bow on this final preseason game with some video. We're going to take some clips from Jake Fromm and Ron Rivera's press conferences. We're also going to hear from Mitchell Tinsley and linebacker Kalik Hudson, who we haven't talked a lot about, but he had two really big plays, two tackles for losses, one of them a third down screen pass. He actually stopped, I think it was minus four yards uh, on that play, forcing the Cincinnati Bengals to punt. In that game situation, the Bengals had a touchdown lead, looking to extend it. Kalik Hudson comes with the play for his defense, forces the Bengals to punt. The commanders get the ball back. I think they scored on the ensuing drive, end up winning that game 21-19. So even though... Khalid didn't get a lot of snaps because he's, I think he's pretty much a roster lock here. Uh, and it was early in the game. That's a that's a play that you can kind of look at the trickle-down effects and maybe say the Washington Commanders don't win this game if he doesn't come up with that play. So we'll also hear from Khalid, uh from the locker room on Saturday night. That's coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. And that's all happening thanks to our friends over at Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite concert, sports event, or any event really shouldn't be stressful, right? The idea is to have fun at whatever you're attending. So why would the ticket buying experience take away from that? Well, unfortunately, a lot of times it does take away from that. With game time, though, it doesn't have to. Game time is the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you're going to have. And game time is the best place for last-minute ticket deals. Uh, game time is an app that I've been using since before they became sponsors of the show, so you know I'm really excited that there's a, a company that I already uh, use that's that's now sponsoring the show. And when I go on the road, whether it's to Philly, New York, Houston, whatever it is this year, Los Angeles, I always pull up my game time app and I say, hey, I get to my location at this time on Saturday or whatever day it is I land. Are there any events going up? Are there any concerts, any games going up that night that I can catch while I'm, I'm in town uh, to cover a commander's game? And if there is, boom, I take advantage of it. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. That's what I use all the time. And the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. You can even see images of your seats before you buy them so you know exactly what you're getting yourself into. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code locked on NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code. Locked on NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, guys, wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Commanders. Going to share some clips from Ron Rivera's postgame press conference after the win over the Cincinnati Bengals. Jake Fromm's postgame press conference as well. And while they were speaking, I was actually in the locker room talking to Mitchell Tinsley and linebacker Khalid Hudson. So I'm going to share videos of those interviews uh, coming up as well. Right now here on Locked On Commanders, you'll hear from Coach Rivera, then Jake, then Mitchell, then Kalik. Just going undefeated in the preseason, 
anything? Yeah, winning begets winning. I mean, it, it, it creates a good atmosphere, creates a positive vibe, and we're going to grow from it. You know, does it mean we're going to win in the, in the regular season? Don't know, but I hope it does. I hope it's something that we can draw from, something we can relate to, something that can help us as we go forward. I, I really do think that, you know, the tone that's being set right now, I mean, they did the wave. <laughs> I haven't seen the wave here, and, you know, this is the first time. So it was really cool. It really was. I mean, again, there's some energy, there's some excitement, and hopefully we can feed off that, build off of that, and it, it can help us. Your pro wave then. I'm sorry? Your pro wave then? You like the wave? Oh yeah, shoot, that was awesome. I mean, it was cool. I mean, I was, I, like I said, it was it was exciting. I mean, there, there's an energy, there's a vibe that we, we we're trying to connect with, and if we can do that, I, I think it'll help us going forward. What'd you think of Fromm tonight and kind of throughout camp and preseason? I, I think Jake has, has shown himself to be a to be a worthy guy. I mean, he's done a nice job for us. Um, you know, we, we we know he's got a terrific background. You know, um, having having played at you know at an SEC school and then being with Buffalo and, you know, been with us for the last couple of years. And he, he's been a guy that's been, you know, good in our quarterback room as well. Does the, three more, does the craziness of previous quarterback situations while you've been here enter your mind on cut day going two or three there? Oh, yeah, it does. I mean, it really does. I mean, it's, it's a huge part of every conversation we have to have, um, you know, because you, you most certainly are hoping you, we have it right, first and foremost. And, you know, we've been working to try and get it right for the last few years. Um, you know, this is this is a year that we you know we feel pretty comfortable with. Um, but again, you know, we, we 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 you know we played three preseason games. Now we start you know we start the uh, the regular season uh, a couple weeks from now. So we're pretty excited about it. Two more. Do you feel like the caliber of the players you're going to cut this year maybe exceeds that of previous years? And is that a sign of like roster building, or is that kind of year by year cyclical? No, I think it's a, it is a little bit of a sign of the roster build. Um, you know, we, we, we do feel that th this is going to be one of the toughest conversations we have, especially when it gets down to the, to the depth. I mean, you know, if, if we keep, you know, nine or ten offensive linemen, you know, whoever seven, eight, nine, ten are going to be, is, I mean, we're, we're, th there's a huge conversation that's going to go on. There really is. Um, and it's going to be true for every position. Th those last couple, there's a lot of good young players. I mean, it's, it's funny because if you go through our roster and look at the age and where everybody is, you know, we feel like we're in a really good spot, and hopefully, you know, these guys mature and continue to grow and get and get better and better as a football team for us. Last football game's going to be, um, and just trying to make sure it wasn't today. And um, man, just try to go out, and have fun, execute, uh, and complete uh, complete some balls. What do you try to take away from these? Uh, just trying to make the most of them. Um, you know, whether it's a, a drive, a quarter, a game, um, just really just trying to go out and do the best you can do. Uh, take each play uh, as its own play, go out and execute. Um, really decide how you would in practice, but um, uh, try to move the ball down the field and end in points. How do you approach these next couple of days, just knowing that the rosters will be formed? And mm -hmm. everything. What, what is your approach? Uh, for me, um, uh, luckily, I, I feel like I've, I've done all I can do. Um, and for me, I, I think I can, can sleep you know, good, at, uh, lay my head on a pillow, uh, sleep good at night, and just, just knowing I, I've, I've done all I can do. So, um, you know, whatever happens, happens. Uh, but I love it here, and I, I for sure want to be here. These last few weeks, last few months, really, uh, getting acclimated with the enemy and his offense, what has that been like? Uh, it's been great. Um, trying to, to dive in and learn it um, and be the guy who uh, can understand just the most, uh, trying to understand EB and what he wants uh, from each play in every situation. Uh, each scenario. So uh, it's been fun. Uh, it's been great uh, to learn this offense, uh, one of the most um, 
prolific offenses uh, in the NFL. Um, and just want to uh, be able to say uh, I've learned it. Um, and um, yeah, uh, went out and executed and, and scored a few points with it. And working alongside Sam and Jacoby in the camp, yeah, uh, it's been great, man. I, I think we have a, a great quarterback room, uh, man. We we get along, and um, man, it's, it's it's fun going going to work with those guys. It's it's a, it's a blessing, it really is. And uh, uh, those guys make it fun. We compete, go hard, and um, uh, I think we got a great room. Great preseason finale. How do you feel like your work went throughout training camp and preseason? Uh, I think it went pretty well. I think I um, took advantage of my opportunities when I got them. I think I capitalized on. What did the coaches say to you after the game? They said good job, and you know, always, you know, you're, you're always consistent and things like that. So I was kind of thinking that. Did you think that was a second touchdown? Uh, I thought so. But, yeah. <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't think so, so it's all good. Do you feel like you did enough to get this roster I would say so, but uh, that's not up to me. So, you know, for me, I just want to control the things I can control. Next two days, nerve wracking for you? Uh, I'm just gonna try to get away and just relax and uh, you know, get my mind right before uh, whatever happens. Uh, you know, that, you know, God got me and you know, I'm gonna be ready for whatever happens. Uh, my expectation was to really, you know, impress the coaches, uh, impress my teammates, and uh, be play when I got my opportunity. That was kind of my expectation. I knew I could play. So, uh, for me, it was just about showcasing. You had the TD tonight from Reset. It seemed like you and Jake had really developed some chemistry. Did it feel like that for you guys out there? Yeah, for sure. We, we got a lot of work in after practice. You know, run, I run whatever routes he wanted me to run. Um, and then, you know, make sure I'm open during you know, team periods. And you know, off, I mean, obviously during practice. You know, but that's uh, definitely you know, we're doing the uh, my consistency. Yeah, I can play inside, I can play outside. Uh, I don't really feel like anything about the uh, as far as receiver. And then special teams, I don't want to do whatever it takes. You talk about making plays the opportunities that you're given. You certainly did that tonight. How good? It felt good. It felt good. Um, it was my first TV. Um, I tried to stay poised and, you know, really just move on to the next play. But, you know, looking back, it was, it was a fun moment. Any friends or family here? Uh, my girlfriend and uh, her dad's here. Uh, but, you know, my family's back home watching. Thank you so much. Best of luck. The next few days, nerve-wracking. Do you try to keep your mind off of it? What's going on? Yeah, I try to keep my mind off of it because uh, no matter what happens, only I can control what I can control. And that was how I played on the field, how I played throughout camp. And uh, the intensity and focus I, I bring every day to the, to the facility. So, um, yeah, I'm just... I'm, uh, I'm just laid back, just, you know, just going with the flow, whatever happens, happens. You're a laid back guy, but I know you do bring that intensity mm -hmm. and focus. Do you think that helps you in, in your practice? Yeah, I think that helps me a lot. <clears throat> My intensity, uh, just being out there playing fast, playing faster than the guys who uh, was across from me. Uh, just using my leverage and you know using my um, my strengths and abilities for uh, as an advantage against other people. 
what can you take away from this final game? Um, what, what I can take away is uh, how hard everybody played. Um, you know, us coming out being three, you know, um, with a preseason, even though it doesn't mean anything, it means a lot for our young guys and our team in general. You know, no one wants to lose, no one wants to go out there and put bad film out there. So the fact that uh, every game we won, we came out on top, is a good thing. And it shows um, the improvement that our young guys are making. Um, myself included, and uh, just shows that the route we're going, going into week one. Khalif, you got some you got some valuable reps early in camp with Jamin having to kind of slow roll into it. Uh, how how valuable were those to you? Um, they were really uh, very valuable to me. Um, just be able to you know be with the ones, get with the flow, and better show what I can do. Um, so yeah, it was very valuable. And do you feel like you took like full advantage of, of that opportunity? Yeah, I feel like I did the best that I can. I feel like I left everything out there. Um, I left no doubt out there. You know, I just knew what myself. Um, I didn't want to look back and think, oh, I wish I would have did this different or I wish I would have went harder here. So I feel like I left it all out there. The, it looks simple on the field, right? But the difficulty in diagnosing a screen and being able to make that kind of a play. Yeah, just uh, just knowing the situation and knowing the, uh, down the distance, third and long. You know, teams like to do screens on third and long just to, you know, get, get something going. So just, uh, just going back on my film study, um, just going back what the coaches told us and, you know, just playing ball. That's all. I appreciate you. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this episode. Coming up tomorrow, I'm going to drop my 53-man projection, so make sure you come back Monday for all of that, and you can tell me where you think I'm wrong, where you think I'm right, uh, and, of course, only time will tell, and we'll see just how well I did. In the meantime, if you got questions or comments, drop them in the YouTube comment section. Email them at LockedOnCommanders at gmail.com. Hit me on Twitter at dharrison82 or text me by going to joinsubtext.com slash LockedOnCommanders. As always, thank you so much for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day. Every day, every day, thank you for coming through on a consistent basis like you continue to do. It means the world to me. helps me live my dream of covering the Washington Commanders for you. And thank you so much for making me a part of your day, part of your routine. And until we speak again, please be safe, be kind. I'll see you next time for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 